Welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, and we are at episode 70. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. It is awesome to have you here as always. And I am so looking forward to diving into this week's episode. Now, if this is your first time here, then welcome. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, and this podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange. I work with women in business to help you build a confidently bold brand, articulate a powerful message, and attract clients who want what you have so you can play bigger and brand bolder. Now, today, I am chatting with... Erin Morris, the founder of Young Folks Digital. They are all about marketing for Mavericks. And today we're going to be chatting about the seven elements every digital strategy needs. Now, Young Folks Digital, they like to work with those offbeat brands and visionary entrepreneurs that are using business as a force for good. Based on the Mornington Peninsula, they deliver top-notch digital marketing strategies and consulting to conscious companies Australia-wide. And I loved this chat that I had with Erin about this and the fact that she's really focused on working with socially conscious companies really helping them to be able to get their message out there, connect with their audience, and obviously be able to measure the work that they're doing as well, which I think a good digital strategy should be able to do. So I'm looking forward to diving into this episode with you, and hopefully it really helps you to understand what you need to be looking at when it comes to your digital strategy as well. Now, Before we dive into this week's podcast episode, I obviously wanted to let you know that the Brand Builders Academy is opening soon for our next live round. I am currently updating all the content. There is going to be big bonuses. If you want to start to build a confidently bold brand, nail your message and create the right strategies, systems, and structures to scale your business, then you need to go and join the waitlist as soon as you finish listening to this episode so that you can find out when registrations open. And all you have to do is head over to theconnectionexchange.com forward slash BBA waitlist and you will be able to find out when it opens, get access to the eight weeks of live coaching plus all of the updated content and there's a few more bonuses in there too which I cannot wait to share with you. If you've got any questions, then hit me up in the DMs at Suze Chadwick on Instagram, and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that you've got. But because it's such a good episode, I obviously don't want to keep you waiting any longer. So let's dive in to this week's episode, The Seven Elements Every Digital Strategy Needs with Erin from Young Folks Digital. Erin, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Hi, <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> Pleasure. I've been wanting to have you on for a little while. We've kind of been going a little bit backwards and forwards um, because you, fancy lady, went to South by Southwest as well. I did. It was 
transformative to say the least. <laughs> amazing word. What, what was so amazing about it? It's really, it's one of those places. So it's a, a conference um, slash festival held in Austin, Texas each year. It runs for, I think, about three weeks all up um, covering interactive music and film. So whilst the music and film part is kind of the cool kids, they, they actually joke that the first week, which is interactive, is when all the nerds are there. And then, by the, you know, it gets better when all the nerds leave. <laughs> <laughs> so I was there with the nerds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's like the, this kind of summit of ideas and kind of future thinking around what like marketing and technology and interactivity is going to look like for brands um, and for people, you know, going forward in the future. What was one thing that blew your mind? Just one. Um. I think hearing from Esther Perel, um, amazing podcaster and psychologist, she's an expert in relationships and she really talked about um, the emotional workforce and how, you know, businesses often we kind of have dehumanised work um, and she really focused on how it's important to kind of bring your whole authentic self to work, which is also a theme that kind of relates to marketing as well, like that authenticity play in marketing, which really shouldn't be a play. It's just a, a, a state, I guess, or a way of being. So that was really, it's always great to hear from like the big thinkers in the world, how these different concepts are working. And that paralleled with, I know at least I'm allowed one, but I'm giving two anyway, <laughs> bonus. <laughs> it's a bonus one. <laughs> but that kind of um, authenticity, bring your whole self to work um, element really paralleled with um, distrust and, and privacy being big issues for the big tech companies. So it was kind of interesting to see the two different sides there. Like there's this big call to kind of be allowing people to bring their whole selves to work. And there's also this big issue of antitrust with like Facebook and Cambridge Analytica and all of these yeah. privacy breaches and everything. So it seems like it's the right time for honesty and authenticity and purpose and values in branding and in marketing. <gasps> Oh, you speak in my language, lady. I love it. You should go there and tell them because you've been saying this forever. <laughs> I'm like, have you guys been listening? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And it's um, we're chatting today. This podcast will come out in a couple of weeks. But this week's podcast uh, was actually all about thought leadership. And oh, wow. I think it's amazing to hear from other people in different industries about about the challenges and the insights and the, you know, not only their opinions and, and what their experiences are, but the quantitative and qualitative data and information and, and kind of bring it all together to come to some conclusions about what that future state looks like. And I friggin' love it all. Yeah, it's so good. Awesome. I can't wait to have that one come out. I'll have to <laughs> tune on in. <laughs> Very good. Well, Erin, today we are talking about how my listeners can really understand what a digital strategy is. Now, when I asked you to be on the podcast, this was something that I think is, I, I thought was a really important topic because I think a lot of people are quite confused about what it is. I think there's a lot of different elements to it. And so I kind of thought, well, who can I speak to that's an expert in the field that can give <laughs> us a bit of a lowdown on 
what the different elements of a digital strategy is. So I'm excited to talk about that today. But before we dive into that, I always do love to ask, how did you get to where you are? That is a great question. Uh, so I actually started in graphic design, random. I guess it's not too much of a leap to go from design to marketing because it's a similar kind of creative and strategic thinking about how to communicate brands and their values and their offering. Um, so yeah, I, I started studying graphic design and I found myself in my fourth year in this student-run design studio instead of being the one kind of clicking the mouse and making the great design outcomes all the time, I was frequently kind of leading the strategy meeting or liaising with the client and looking at what the plan's going to be on how we're going to, you know, communicate with design to get this, you know, brand strategy or idea across. And then when I started looking for jobs, I ended up, you know, applying for a marketing job as well as a design job. And the marketing job just happened to offer me first and I was like fab I must have fudged my way into it I, almost <laughs> I, I got this job for this amazing like luxury hotel company and the criteria were that you have to have travel experience and you have to have marketing experience and be good at project management and organized and I was sort of like well I've been traveling and <laughs> <laughs> I organize things at work so yeah I somehow managed to get in there and it kind of went from there like I really started getting into the digital side of marketing, really diving into PPC and, um, and AdWords and SEO. And I really had this great opportunity working there and then also in um, further roles with Hardy Grant Publishing, working with the magazine industry and, uh, you know, that, the media side of marketing to kind of get this broad range of skills across all these different areas of marketing and business, which culminated to strategy. So it was great to kind of have a hand in all the different spots Amazing. And then kind of land in more of a strategic role. Um, so I ended up being the head of digital for um, a local startup called Local Agent Finder. And yeah, it was great. Just nicely kind of bringing together all the different elements of marketing with the team as well to help implement it and really see that move the needle for the brand as well. Yeah. Fantastic. And so how did you start, end up in your own business? Well, good question there too. So I. I, I guess I kind of got to the, this spot where I'm the, the head of digital and I started to find the more senior you become in-house, well, this was my experience anyway, it might not be everyone's, but my experience was the more senior you become, the less you're on the tools and the more you are in board meetings and like management update meetings and you're dealing with, you know, someone who's got an HR issue with something and yeah. I really missed marketing. I really missed like being part of the process. So when my partner and I decided to move down to the Mornington Peninsula, um, I thought what a good time to kind of start my own thing. And that gave me the opportunity to be back on the tools and working much more closely with the brands, um, either the founders or their own marketing teams to really bring their digital marketing and their content marketing to life. So that's how it that kind of happened. Yeah. I love hearing people's stories. I think people have got such different ways of getting to where they end up and it's always really interesting to see the journey that people go on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so what kind of businesses do you work with primarily? So we really work with what I like to kind of call conscious companies. So brands that are using business as a force for good, um, whether that be giving back um, through their own kind of corporate social responsibility programs or whether that be that they're creating or innovating a product that, 
you know, fights a global issue that we're facing, like compostable packaging instead of plastic packaging or, um, you know, bags that are cruelty-free instead of made from animal leather. So there's lots of different kind of cool brands that are doing these great things to reduce the negative impact that we have on like the world in terms of the environment and the community and even our staff as well you know workplaces can be pretty grueling so it's nice to work with companies that are thinking about that too yeah I love that niche I think it's a really nice niche to be in it's like a feel good going home from work every day kind of niche that's awesome yeah Fantastic. All right. Well, listen, we could, like I said, before we actually start, just for those listening, before we started this podcast, Erin and I were nattering away and I'm like, we need to start. Otherwise we're going to run out of time. True. We will, we will do that wine. And we've got point. lots of juicy tips to get through. So Exactly. Exactly. So let's dive in for sure. So we're going to be talking about the seven elements every digital strategy needs. So I'm going to hand over to you and just get a little bit of background firstly on what are you seeing in the market? Like what are the struggles that you're seeing business owners having? And then what are these seven elements that we need to be aware of? Great. So I guess from our perspective, and we work across the market with a lot of different businesses and also we're quite active on our Instagram. So we really have a lot of chatter um, with lots of business owners. I love Instagram and social media for the connection. It's so amazing. Awesome. Yeah. But one of the, we get to kind of get a sense of what, what's the kind of thermometer reading on how people are feeling about marketing through the conversation in our community. And through that and our experience working with founders and even you know marketing teams that are just you know they might be experienced in one area of marketing but not across many um the main challenge that they really have is pulling it all together like i think also people seem to feel a lot of pressure that they have to be everywhere it's like i've got to be on instagram i've got to be on you know facebook i've got to have adwords i've got to have seo someone said i have to do email as well and it's like they're frazzled with so many things that they have to do and they haven't got that overarching plan that brings all those elements together. And you and I were talking earlier about entrepreneurs having this drive to innovate and create. And sometimes that means we end up doing like lots of different disconnected things that end up being quite unwieldy for us to manage. So a digital strategy like a business strategy is really trying to pull those things together so that what effort you're putting in to your marketing is getting you the best return on investment possible. Um, and that's certainly from a digital strategy perspective, it's really like holding hands with your business plan. You're just looking at, okay, well, digital is an area that's, um, it's very accessible. It's sort of never been easier to market your brand. Like if you cast, you know, the clocks back, 10, 20 years, it, and even like five years, it's like you really did have to have some pretty serious budgets to do effective marketing. And now you can just jump on Instagram and build a community for free. Yeah. Uh, you can build that Facebook group and have all these people in there that are getting a notification every time that you post. And you can have an email list that costs you only a certain t- like amount of money per subscriber to send. Like It's so great. Yeah, my dad actually had a small business when I was growing up. And when I think about it, he I think he used to pay like $15,000 or $20,000 a year to the yellow pages. Yeah. Like that was, I just remember that being such a nightmare because he was just like, you have to have it because there was no other way. 
Exactly. So it's just, we're so empowered to market now, but I think what's come with that is we're so strung out with like what to do to bring it all together. Um, And I guess, yeah, that overwhelm, absolutely. So that's for me, that's what we love to kind of work with our clients on if they, and especially at the beginning of a project is what is the actual digital marketing strategy that we want to put together so that we're all on the same page and we know how all those different platforms are connecting together to make sure that the message is getting across to the right people in the right place at the right time. (laughs) Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And I just, and I do think that there is like, when you say digital marketing, people like, Oh, is that my SEO or is that my Google analytics? And they kind of just see the one element. Exactly. Yeah. So it's everything. It's looking at the whole picture. So with a digital strategy, you've kind of got to take that bird's eye view of your business Um, but apply that to all the different marketing channels. So you almost have to imagine that SEO is a channel and or search engines are a channel and you can tackle that with organic search or with paid search and social media is, you know, a channel, but within that you've got platforms like, like Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. And so you can kind of pick through all of those different platforms and channels and work out where your audience is because sometimes your audience isn't in all of them. So you don't need to be there either. Yeah, and I also great. think that that moves with time. Like yeah. I, I used to be on Facebook all the time two years ago and yeah. now pretty much I'm like 95% it's just Instagram. Like yeah. I kind of do things on Pinterest, like my VA does things on Pinterest, etc. But me personally, just I'm in that. But listen, let's dive in. So where do we kind of start with this? What's the first thing we need to be focusing on? So you want to start with goals first and financial ones. I think a lot of people get caught up with like metrics that ladder up to a financial objective, like engagement on Instagram is obviously going to improve your reach and impressions because you're kind of playing the game with the algorithm and you're getting to more people. But that has to be a step on the path to that bigger kind of business goal, whether that be financial or if you're like a not-for-profit, maybe it's about advocacy or reach or the number of people that you've kind of gotten to. But for most of us, it stacks up to financial so there should be a business plan of some description in place or your brand plan in some way or another and it can be super simple on one page this is how much I want to earn by the end of the year and this is you know the things that I'm offering in order to do that but your marketing is really going to help you achieve that so I always like to start with the goals first and kind of work backwards from there so you're kind of going from what I want at the end to how I'm going to do that so Yeah, you don't want to kind of give yourself a goal like, oh, I just want more followers or I just want more traffic. And and we'll get to that. Those things do matter. But it's definitely start with those financial goals and that's where we're going to be able to look at, well, is our marketing effective or not? Are we getting more money in or are we hitting those really important goals? So that's where we start. After that, I like to look at purpose. So linking back to your brand and your why, and that's something I think we're both quite passionate about. I know you certainly are. (laughs) It's part of your business. Um, But the brand and the why, for me, it's a digital marketing strategy that doesn't have that. It is going to feel quite lackluster, that you're not sort of working to anything. It's really more, I don't know, I use this phrase a lot, but when you're marketing without purpose, it kind of feels like you're trying to wring water out of a tea towel. Like there's just not a lot. You can only squeeze it so much until there's nothing left. So we want to be thinking about what's the purpose? 
what's the brand strategy, what are the values and making sure that we're getting really clear on those because that's going to feed into how we communicate with our audiences as part of our marketing strategy or our digital marketing strategy as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's just something that, you know, you need to, I think you need to, as a business owner, you've got to connect to that anyway. Absolutely. Otherwise you are just kind of trying to, I don't know, just sell a product or a service without any real conviction or passion or, you know, desire for where you want it to go. Exactly. It can feel quite unfulfilling. Like you can hit a financial target, but if you don't have a sense of purpose or connection to why you're doing that, it's just, it's very transactional and it doesn't necessarily have that meaning that you get when you really know that you're on the right path for your business and for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think your audience feels it too, which kind of leads us into point three. <laughs> the number, the third thing we want to think about is having a really clearly defined target audience. So asking yourself, who is your ideal customer or client? And this is something you talk about as well, but like, what are their pain points? What are their challenges? And I think we, we really want to dig into that. Like if you are a business that's selling, you know, um, water bottles, are you playing on the, like, the plastic free July angle? Are you playing on the fact that people want to be more environmentally responsible? Are you playing on the fact that we should stay hydrated and the body's made up of like such an enormous amount of water and so many of us are forgetting <laughs> to top up, you know, actually looking at what those pain points and challenges are, but also what sparks joy for your audience as well. I know that's become a bit of a buzzword phrase. Thanks to I love it. Does it spark joy? Yeah. yeah. But you do want to think about that when you don't want all your marketing to be like, Hey, do you have a problem? We can solve that. Like it could be, Hey, this is going to make you really happy as well. So thinking about that side of it, but just getting really clear on that audience factor is going to be essential because that's how we figure out where we're going to place our marketing. So when I start writing out a marketing, a digital marketing strategy, and I'm looking at the audience sector we, of that plan, we often start thinking about, well, where does that audience hang out online or what media do they consume? And this kind of goes back to agency days like I forgot to mention in my brief career history that I had a stint working in an agency and one of the things that you get when you actually start implementing a marketing campaign when you're in an agency um, for a big brand that's got a big budget is typically you get a big spreadsheet that's their media plan and they'll have a media agency that have mapped out every single you know you're nodding (laughs) every single channel and placement and article and thing that you know that the reader or the audience is going to be consuming and making sure that your brand is there. And so that really relates back to a digital marketing strategy too. We want to think about not only who the audience is, but where are they hanging out? And once you start paying attention to this, you notice that there are audience segment behaviors. Like I never realized um, how drastic this was, this like shift in audience targeting until we moved to the peninsula. And when I went to the city, I would leave home at 5.30 in the morning so that I could miss all of the traffic, get a park in the city early. But that meant that I was no longer in normal, like corporate, like peak hour. Um, and the radio is like all these ads about tools and tool insurance. And uh, I was like, oh my God, I'm in a different audience segment that I shouldn't be in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, well, I work in employer branding. So we look at candidate segmentation for 
corporates basically, which is their candidate um, families, like job families. So we take a look at, you know, what are technical architects or finance analysts, like what are they reading, when are they online, um, what's of interest and thought leadership for them right now, what are they consuming, and we like speak to those candidates to find out all that information so that we can, yeah, target the employer branding message to different segments of the market. So, Are you a digital strategist? (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to call myself that. But yeah, so I think, yeah, it's, and I think that, um, you know, just from my experience, actually having those conversations and I speak to my audience all the time and I constantly call myself a pollster and I ask lots of questions, poll them all the time and just kind of just make sure that I'm keeping up with where people are, what's happening and what they're interested in. And what That's it too. And like you said earlier, if things can move, you know, what you define as your target audience when you put together your digital strategy may evolve over time or maybe your product or service offering evolves a little bit and that means that your audience of targeting sort of has to evolve too. But just starting out by defining it means even if you don't get it right, and that it's okay to not get it right, if you don't get it right the first time, you're going to be able to measure it. That's the great thing about digital marketing. You know, so much of it is so measurable. So you really can see if something's not resonating and yeah. go and look at those numbers and make adjustments as necessary. So just a question on that, like how often would you kind of review the audiences or do you kind of feel like once you've landed where you want to land, then it'll you'll just continue with that? Or do you, I guess, re-look at, reanalyze the market and other potential audiences? I guess this when, when we're drilling down to like campaign level, so we've got the digital, digital strategy in place and we're actually now implementing campaigns. So that might mean that we've got Facebook ads running and we've got content marketing happening on social media channels and we've got an email that we send and some Google ads, for example. That might be like a simple kind of marketing mix that we're running and we know who we're targeting in all of those places. When we're optimising, you know, each week or each day, that's when we're looking at, you know, are we getting the performance metrics that we want to hit? Like are we getting traffic from paid ads or are we getting conversions from Facebook ads? And you know if it's not working, it's either the placement, the audience or the message. So you can go and test those things and see. Like sometimes the message is right but the audience is wrong or the message is right and the audience is right but they're just not on Facebook. So you just have to do that testing and I guess once we've sort of got it up and running in the campaign stage, and we're optimizing, that's when you might go back, say, even quarterly and just refresh your strategy. I like to go quarterly because that's when you do your BAS statement, you're talking to your accountant, like all those things are happening anyway. It's, you're doing those forecast updates, so it's a good time to make adjustments. Okay, yeah. great. So quarterly is a good, good time frame. Yeah. Okay, great. So once I have got my goals and I understand my purpose and I've defined my target audience, what do I need to focus on? Next step is really getting clear on the offering, which you should have clear anyway, because you're in business, you know what you're selling, um, but it's really kind of mapping that back to, so that's an easy one to tick off, but it's really mapping it back to how does your product or service address those client pain points and challenges. So looking at really, it's kind of like a USP, like why should someone buy from you instead of your competitor? Which is Um, a unique selling point. That's right. Yep. Sorry. I'm going acronym marketing (laughs) style. (laughs) When you started, you were like, what is it? Click per CPP and CEO. And oh my gosh. I think that marketers love acronyms. (laughs) We'll explain everything. We promise. We'll put it in 
the show notes. <laughs> just yeah, have exactly. loads of different acronyms in a glossary. <laughs> uh, very good. Okay, good. so offering and making sure that you really understand that. Yeah. So the unique selling point, obviously, you can obviously you can do that within your brand strategy as well. That's right. Yeah. Really take a look at what your main differentiators are. So I think that that's that's such an important thing that I think a lot of businesses don't take the time to look at. Absolutely. Or they just feel that pressure to like show up on social media or show up with that weekly email. And you know, you can spot the brands that are struggling with it because every post on social media is, hey, we sell a thing and we have a store at this address kind of thing. And you know that they're just struggling to find a way to connect to their customer and all it needs is a little bit of okay what makes you different is it the fact that you only use a particular material or is it the fact that you you know have a particular policy in place or that you give back to the environment or you know whatever it is like there's going to be a thing about your brand that makes your brand uniquely yours yeah and i actually was speaking at an event uh in the mornington peninsula a while ago and there was a brand that they basically create uh natural like body products and things like that and they were talking a lot about their products and when i spoke to them i was i was like but what are you like what are you passionate about what do you believe in like why are you doing what you're doing sort of thing and they were like we believe in a non-toxic package free that's what they're all about being really eco-friendly and non-toxic with cleaning products and body products and whatever else um and i'm like that's what you need to talk about and now i see them on stories all the time talking about how you can be more eco-friendly and they're running workshops on it to teach other people and obviously that backs up their product and i'm just like i love diving into their content now because there's so much more it's so nice like it gives you more to connect with i think so totally right and that feeds into the next level so fifth element of your digital marketing strategy really needs to be getting clarity on your key messages so when you know who your audience is you know what your purpose is you know what your offering is you're clear on those three things and you've got a goal that you're working towards then your key messages is where you're going to bring it all together and that's what really this is where it really comes into play in your marketing campaign so if you do have that social media marketing happening on Instagram or you've got those Facebook ads running, if you're trying to do that whole like selling without selling sort of thing, like you don't, people don't want to feel like icky about, you know, ads that are, you know what I love? Like when an Instagram story comes up and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then I'm like, wait, am I following this brand? I'm like, oh, it's an ad. But I didn't mind because it's showing me something that's so relevant and it's speaking to me in a way that's very connective. I'm actually grateful for the ad for <laughs> showing up and like showing me something. Sometimes they pop up for software things that I didn't know I needed in my business. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah, it's amazing how that happens, isn't it? Yeah, but when it's, right, when it's done right and it's really getting that right person in the right place at the right time with the right message, it just works. So key messages, getting them right, so important. And your, your customer really needs to see that you're solving their pain points or you're hitting like what sparks joy for them. So you want to bake that into your digital strategy too. And when we pull a document together for our clients, we always make sure that we're mapping out those key messages and they evolve, they get teased out in different formats, you know, but just locking that down from the start means we're all on the same page. We know what we're trying to say. We know why we're saying it. So that's really great too. And then the sixth element you want to jump into is looking at the marketing channels. So you know who you're talking to, you know why you're talking to them, you know what you're selling them and how you're going to 
sell without selling with your key messages. <laughs> I'm doing inverted commas. I, yeah. don't know why, I, call it, I just call it story selling. Exactly. Like, I'm telling you a story. It's amazing. And at the end, you're going to be like, oh, I want whatever it is that that story shares. <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. So then you're going to look at the marketing channels. So when we talked earlier about media planning and how that really details all the different places someone's consuming media. Um, the same thing goes when you're thinking about selecting your marketing channels. It's like, who's my audience and where are they hanging out online? I'm looking at a digital strategy. I know that I'm looking at Facebook, at search engines, at Instagram, at Pinterest, at LinkedIn, email, like all these different places, blogging. So which ones am I going to be in and what makes sense for my audience? And sometimes we find like we might do a bit of LinkedIn activity, kind of articles or posting, and we attract much more of a kind of marketing manager type client from our LinkedIn activity. Yeah. Whereas on Instagram, we probably are more likely to attract the small business um, owner or the person behind the social media account, if it's the social media manager or something like that. So it's we're connecting with different people or different customer segments on different platforms. And I think most brands find that, you know, the way people interact is different in different channels so you can adjust your messaging a little bit too yeah absolutely um a question so i <laughs> my listeners are not going to be surprised at this i have a hate hate relationship with linkedin um, <laughs> but my question is i'm finding that a lot of people are sort of saying there's a lot more small businesses on linkedin now and mm. it it's just it's a good target or good target platform for that particular audience. Are you seeing much of that? Like what are your thoughts on that, just on that particular platform? I am seeing it, but I find a lot of people that I end up connecting with on LinkedIn, I've met in person. It doesn't seem to sort of, I haven't found personally that it's got this big kind of massive reach. What well, has that massive reach, but I'm not getting that cut through with people that I haven't met and connected with. It still feels very much like a professional network. Um, but it's great. Some great things have come from it too. Like we've shared some articles there and then had people reach out to us and ask if we'll do a guest post on their site and if they can do one for us. So it, I feel like there's a little bit of community there, but it definitely doesn't feel as kind of fun as Instagram. <laughs> that sounds mean to LinkedIn, doesn't it? I'm not trying to bully LinkedIn. Yeah. It's just more professional. It just feels like people are approaching it with you know, a similar way that they would in like a professional networking event where you're kind of like, oh, what do you do? And would you like to be on our blog? And Okay, sure. <laughs> it's quite fun. But I think you can make it what you like. Like Gary Vee kind of goes nuts on it. You know, he's just got all of these, you know, nuts videos. I mean, yeah. that sounds just wild. He's just wild. So <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't think that's, yeah, he's not going to change just because of the platform. For sure. No, the platform's <laughs> going to change for him more likely. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. And um, yeah, I am seeing a bit more video but on LinkedIn, but yeah, it's still, it's still, I don't know. It still doesn't quite sit well. It's a little bit cringy. Like it's, I don't feel I see as many really well done videos on LinkedIn as I kind of feel like that platform probably needs, but yeah, that's just maybe an evolution of new things that they're. Yeah. I think it depends on your audience as well. Like my accountant, um, Andrew Vanderbeek from Illuminate in Mornington, uh, Manalyzer, sorry. He is this amazing personality and he posts so much on LinkedIn, but there are so many accountants on LinkedIn. It is so the platform for accountants. And he's just got this incredible following and he posts almost like it's Instagram. Like he posts videos, he does little updates from his desk. He'll post, you know, these great kind of story selling, oh. storytelling pieces. And because his community is there, 
it works. Uh, I think if you're like a small business that's, you know, retail or selling, you know, things to the consumer, it's just not going to work in the same way there. Although I did see someone, I can't remember the brand, but it was like a, it was a swimwear brand for women and they, their CEO posts prolifically on Insta, uh, on LinkedIn. And because the target audience for her is like corporate women that want some cool swimwear, it kind of works as well. But they're like, oh, this is a girl boss that's made this amazing brand and yeah, I'll support her and buy this stuff. How interesting. So Do I you think people what like the brand is? I can't remember what the brand is. Sorry. That's <laughs> totally okay. That's me. all right. Yeah, no, that's good. And what was your accountant's name? Because I'm like, I want to go check him out. <laughs> it's Andrew Van Der Beek Andrew. from um, Illuminate with an eight. Cool. They call themselves accountants slash rebels. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. I like them already. That's yeah. <laughs> and I just have to do a shout out to the girls that I was trying to remember their handle before. It was the white pigeon said. Oh, I remember the handle. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, I couldn't remember the handle. But anyway, yes. So make sure you go check them out if you are interested in clean products and eco-friendly and stuff. I really love their stories. So anyway. Okay. So we were talking about marketing channels, which was number six. Yep. So the last piece of the digital strategy puzzle is a measurement framework. So it started with goals and it ends with measurement. So remember I said at the start, you want to have big goals, like big financial goals. How's this digital strategy going to help you achieve those financial targets that you have for your business or those quarterly targets, however you're breaking them down. The measurement framework is what you're going to put in place to make sure that it's actually doing its job to help you get there. And that's where you get to start breaking down some of those smaller goals, like how much traffic you need each month. Like if you know what your website conversion rate is, if you're an online business, whether it's for generating inquiries or selling a product, you'll know what your conversion rate is or you can find it in Google Analytics or in Shopify or whatever platform um, you're using. So you can look at, okay, well, if I get have a 1% conversion rate and I get, you know, a thousand people coming per month, then what does that look like in terms of conversions for me? And if, that, if I doubled my traffic and kept my conversion rate, well, then is that double the amount of inquiries or double the amount of sales for me? So looking at how your digital marketing can help achieve the steps towards your financial goal and that can apply to Instagram as well like if you know that you've got a certain level of engagement on Instagram and and if you do certain things you can reach more people or if you post more maybe you get better click-throughs to your website from when people go to link in bio then maybe that's the thing that you need so really looking at what how are you going to measure all these different channels that you're in to make sure that they're laddering up to achieve that overarching goal. Awesome. That's so good. I remember um, like when I did the first Epic Summit, which was a conference that I ran, uh, we did sort of Google ads and we did Facebook and we did Insta and all the rest of it. And it was really interesting to see the analytics at the end, like based on conversion rates, like how much did we spend? How many tickets did we sell? How many views did we get or clicks, et cetera. Um, And we threw, we put a lot of money into it. And then the second year, we just found that pretty much majority of our ticket sales came through Facebook. So even though we were paying for Google AdWords and we were paying for other things, um, every like majority of people bought it through Facebook. So the following year, we put like ninety five of our ninety five percent of our budget yeah into Facebook instead of splitting it out. And yeah, it was great. 
Yeah, it's so great to measure these things. Like we in, introduced a little um, drop-down menu on our inquiry forms on our website to ask, how did you hear about us? And um, I add in everything to that. So sometimes we'll hear that, oh, I heard about you from a podcast or I heard about you from Instagram or I heard about you from LinkedIn. And it can help me as well start to skew my efforts towards the channels that are generating the best um, outcomes for the business. Sometimes it's not necessarily return on investment. It might be that they're getting the best number of inquiries and then it's over to me to convert those inquiries or not. Um, or if it's for some of our clients, it might be, okay, we know that we're getting way more sales when we've got you know, a bigger presence in Instagram than in Pinterest or whatever the thing is. And like you said, you start measuring these things, you can really start to hone your efforts towards what's getting the best outcome. And if you are spending money from a digital advertising perspective, that can be kind of balanced out there as well. And that's probably like the seventh point that we didn't flag in this. It's really that budget, sorry, the eighth point we didn't flag. Bonus point. I love a bonus. <laughs> but having the um, the budget, making sure that if you are deciding that you need to spend money as part of your marketing campaign, how are you setting that out? Are you having an allocation each month and you know, what does that look like and what, how much does it need to bring back in terms of return on investment? Yeah, awesome. And I do think that you've got to make those decisions, like you've got to make an informed decision. You don't want to be just spending money in your business without really understanding what's working, what's not working and what you need to do next time to kind of shift things. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. Erin, those questions, those um, elements of a digital strategy, I think are really clear and we will have all of this in the show notes as well. Uh, but I do think that people kind of get a bit stuck with this. I think that these sorts of things you, to have somebody to bounce off or to have somebody to sort of talk to about it, I think it can really help if it's not something that you are super comfortable or used to as well. So where can people find you and what you do for those who are in the car dog right now? Uh, if you're in the car, don't touch your phone. <laughs> but we're on Instagram. Yeah. Ask Siri um, to look up Young Folks Digital on Instagram. Um, and if you're walking the dog, then go for it. <laughs> so find us on Instagram. Um, same handle on Facebook as well. Um, and then our website is youngfolks.com.au. So you can drop us a line if you want to say, hey. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And we will have all of your details in the show notes as well. So make sure you head over there and check out all of Erin's details uh, and go and say hi on Insta or anywhere else. But thank you so much for clarifying all of our confusion when it comes to what is actually in a digital strategy. Um, I think that if you can go through each one of those and really think about, you know, what it is you're trying to do, why you're doing it, who you're speaking to, what you're providing them, you know, where you need to be, and then really look at what's worked and what's not. I think that that's a really comprehensive way in line or, you know, alongside your business strategy and your brand strategy. I think that that's definitely going to help you to be a lot more successful in your business. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And yeah, don't forget to check out all of Erin's details in the show notes. Thanks so much for having me. I love having chats with clever peeps on the podcast. And I really enjoyed that conversation with Erin. I would actually just probably love to do an episode just talking about South by Southwest. Um, as you know, I 
did do an episode on thought leadership um, and I just find it really fascinating to just hear other people's thoughts and experiences and research and insights and it's just super interesting Um, and I think that if you can surround yourself with people who have diversity in their thinking and where you can have really great like robust conversations I just think it's so good so I really enjoyed that episode Um, I just always think you know something even when I'm doing these types of things like digital strategies and in branding strategies for clients it's always good to look at your own business and sit down and go what what have I done when it comes to that particular thing and have I really nailed it and could it be better and do I need to refresh where I'm targeting my audience because you know the market changes so quickly that it's really important to really think about how you are keeping up with the times and keeping ahead of the curve when it comes to your business as well. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for listening and being here. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to share it with your friends and community and leave a review in iTunes because obviously that helps others to find us. Now, if you're not following me already, you can follow me on all social platforms at Suze Chadwick, but you know I love to hang out in stories the most. But until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.